Matt and Steven, I think maybe we're going to take the parachuters with us again, the sky jumpers, skydivers, however you want to describe them, on the road with us to Minneapolis next week or wherever we go because it seems like every time West Branch plays football and somebody jumps out of the sky onto the field, Bears win. How's that story check out for you, Matt? Uh, I think if we look back, um, that would, that would check out to be, you know, we'd be a hundred percent there. So I, I like that idea uh, of doing that. I'm, I'm not so confident on the, on the, uh, feasibility of it though. Yeah. You know, I would throw two things in one. I mean, I like that, but what do we do? You know, I mean, if that trend continues, that means we would make the Unidome. How are we going to get skydivers in the dome? So, I mean, but then two, it might be cheaper. I mean, Jason, do you want to just come up to the press box and like jump into the top row of the bleachers or something? And I mean, would that count? Or we get one of those old toys or put Stretch Armstrong. I I have an idea. I have a great idea. Little green army men, those plastic things. And they've got those um, optional little parachute, cheap parachutes that you can attach to it put that on there throw it into the sky down she drops and that'll work in the unidome too there you go problem solved let let's not jump too far ahead of ourselves <laughs> hey you you started it we man. did we, i did start it and i we have started the talking bear football podcast right here on westbranch.football presented by the browns family of dealerships you get a little bit of everything it's a potpourri basket of fun here on, on the podcast each week. And potpourri basket of fun, meaning everybody gets gets to have fun, gets to be a part of a part of the process, a part of the win. And in a fifty-one to six victory, I think every single kid played. About every single kid scored, but every kid certainly enjoyed themselves because the Bears got a W. Absolutely. And I think um I mean, our talk with Coach Hirschman at halftime and Jared Tiley was talking to him and he had said, you know, they were preaching focus because it was a game that on paper the Bears should have won and you have the military appreciation night and the skydivers and just so much other stuff going on. And so it'd be easy for 14, 15, 16-year-old kids to get caught up in some of that, get caught up in some other issues. But I think the Bears really did keep their focus Obviously, the competition isn't the same level as what we'll see moving forward, but they did what they needed to do. They took care of business. They did stay focused. And, you know, like you said, a lot of kids got to play and they did their jobs when they went out there as well. And it was just, it was fun to see that. And for the second week in a row, come away with a big victory. But now you got to get ready because, as Coach Peterson said as well in the post game, these next four games are going to be really tough games. I've got five numbers that I want to read out here. Ooh, let me write them down and see if they're the Powerball numbers. Yes. And it did carry over, so this is good. It, if they are, then you're sharing it. But um, L&M 6, L&M 29, L&M 38, L&M 8, West Branch 38. Any guesses as to what those are? Okay. Um... That would be the starting drives for the Bears in the first quarter. Yes. You're exactly right. Ding, 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 ding. Clap, clap, I didn't clap, even clap. look at my notes either. I just kind of <laughs> remembered because we had yeah. fumble, kick return, fumble, 
interstellar. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly right, Stephen. The starting locations for West Branch drives in the first quarter. And all five of those ended with the touchdown. So that's, you know, you do the math there. That's 100% drive efficiency. And you know what? Like, I didn't realize this until just looking at the stats earlier is we only had 13 offensive plays on those first five drives. Um, And then if you add in the two-play third quarter drive that the starters had to start the third quarter, that's only 15 offensive plays. And that one ended with a touchdown. So six for six on the, uh, I think all of the drives that the starters played, they were six for six, ended with touchdowns, 15 offensive plays. Uh, What that tells me is just a great job of making the most of the opportunities that were presented to them and really just didn't leave anything out there on the field. Great job of making the most of those opportunities. And again, we keep talking about confidence, but that's something that this offense needs. And I think this game against L&M just continued to, to build on that. Well, I look at, I'll give you three numbers, and I'm sure you both will get this pretty quick. Seven, 104. Man, Steven, you, got, <laughs> you beat me to the punch here. Because I had another one, 57.1. We'll go right along with that. 57.1. I already forget the numbers, so seven. tell me. 104. Okay, Matt, we'll, be, we'll help you out. Four, the amount of touchdowns Andy Henson had. Seven, the amount of carries Andy Henson had. And 100, the amount of yards that Andy Henson had. He only had seven carries. That is correct. Seven carries and four touchdowns. That's correct. And 57.1 would be four divided by seven. So 57.1% of the time that Andy Henson touched the football on Friday night, Andy Henson scored a touchdown. Now, going forward, if you can get that sort of production, you're probably going to be all right. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen again. Not going to happen. Um, I'm yeah, just, no. <laughs> I would love to see it, but it. it yeah, I'm not counting on it, just like I'm not counting on Matt's numbers coming through for the Powerball. But I'm going to play him anyway. I'm going <laughs> to play well. them anyway. Why not? You can't win if you don't try. You can't win if you don't try. So 51-6. to six. Remember how we've had, Matt has had the first week he didn't have to take much of a breath, Stephen. The second week he didn't have to take much of a breath. Last week we put him on, the vent, on oxygen when he was done. This week I'm going to go to... I'm going to go to the kitchen, bake up a batch, get a batch of cookies all whipped up, and let Matt go through the scoring summary right now. Holy moly. All right, buckle in, boys. And if you don't like my voice, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, second and long from their own 14, uh, the LM Falcons quarterback, Briar Reynolds, fumbles the snap, and Cash Woody recovers at the six-yard line to set up first and goal. Very next play, Andy Henson, the first of his carries and the first of his touchdowns takes a direct snap up the middle for an easy six-yard touchdown. Federland's PAT was good, 7 nothing Bears, just 54 seconds in, in the game. And then again, about another 54 seconds later or so, uh, after a holding uh, on the kickoff return, the Falcons started at their own 15 and were forced to punt from their own six after a three and out. On the punt, Cole Bailey and Andy Henson made their way up the middle, and Henson blocked the punt. He was untouched. Just the seas parted, and he went right through it. Blocked the punt out of the back of the end zone for a safety. Nine to nothing, West Branch, just over two minutes into the game. 
On the ensuing uh, free kick, that, that happens after safety by the Falcons, Peyton Miller returns it to the 30-yard line to give the Bears another short field, or I guess it wasn't the, exactly the 30. What did I say earlier for those starting <laughs> starting drives? 29? I had 29 on mine, so. i got to switch up my numbers then for the Powerball. Every now and again, it's an approximation, okay? Well, the it was 30 on the video, but 29 in the official stats, so, so we'll go with it. Um, yeah, so Peyton Miller returns it to the 30 to give the Bears another short field. Uh, after um, a really nice 22-yard connection from Belk to Miller on the visitor's sideline, Andy Henson gets into the end zone again, this time from seven yards out. Federal, uh, Federland's PAT was good, 16 to nothing West Branch. Uh, so far, Andy Henson has been responsible for 14 points, if you uh, include that safety. Mm-hmm. Very next West Branch drive, uh, Andy Henson again. Uh, now from eight yards out, so six, seven, and eight of the official stats, Stephen. I know you you had seven on the I had first seven, one. seven, and eight yeah, official stats. I did have yep. seven and a hundred, which matched the stats, so I All it right. evened out somewhere. Okay, uh, yeah, so eight yards away this time on a third and one. PAT was good, twenty-three to nothing Bears, with five fifty-three remaining in the first quarter. The Bears' following drive was set up by another L&M turnover as they fumbled a uh, kind of like a reverse, handed it off to the running back. Receiver was kind of coming in in motion. Uh, they, they botched that handoff there. The ball was kicked around and eventually picked up by Cash Woody at the L- L&M 8-yard line. So again, a short field for West Branch. And then on the first play of that drive, Wyatt Federlin gets a handoff, goes right up the middle for an eight-yard touchdown. Good to see him get into the end zone again. He also made the PAT. 30 to nothing West Branch at this point, still in the first quarter. On uh, second down from the L&M 31, Carver Belk uh, mishandled a shotgun snap, and it went right through his hands. Good snap, uh, maybe a little a little high, but nothing that you know Carver shouldn't be able to handle. Um, but he picked it up, went all the way back to the 48-yard line. He picked it up, and six broken tackles later, he finds us way into the end zone for just a wild touchdown run. Uh, just, yeah, couldn't believe it. Uh, Federland's PAT was good, 37 to nothing Bears. Um, you know, right after Carver got in the end zone, he was coming off the field. Um, you know, team was celebrating. Carver, you know, was just... He was, yeah, happy he got in the end zone, but still upset that it happened that way. Uh, Coach Peterson, I was right there on the sideline. Coach Peterson pulled him aside and had a little chat, we'll say, to uh, to tell him to really, you know, effectively not over-celebrate that play and, you know, kind of have a little humility since the snap was mishandled. But, you know, in classic Coach Peterson pat, uh, fashion, did give that little kind of smile that he likes to do at the end and said, but that was a heck of a play. So uh, all is well that ends well. Um Many of the starters were pulled as we transitioned in the second quarter, but Coach Hurstman told uh, Jared Ty Lee during their um, ha- uh, halftime chat that uh, the starters may come back or would come back in for the first drive of the third quarter, uh, but they weren't there for long. Uh, on the second offensive play of that third quarter, Andy Henson goes untouched for a 39-yard touchdown run. You know, Andy just took the hand up off the middle, kicked his way out to the uh, the outside. And got an excellent edge ball from Cash Woody, and he was off to the races. Federland's PAT was good, forty-four to nothing. West Branch early uh, third quarter. The Falcons get on the board with, I guess, kind of a wild, another wild play, thirty-four yard touchdown pass that backup quarterback Klein, who's a lefty, represent, escaped a sack uh, and found a receiver down the field for the score. Two point conversion was no good, forty-four to six West Branch at that point. 
Um, and then on a second and long from their own 23, uh, L&M uh, throws a ball that was tipped by a receiver and intercepted by Evan Striegel at the 34-yard line, and he takes it all the way into the end zone for a pick six. Good to see Evan get it in the end zone there. Uh, Federalins PAT, again, was good. Uh, 51-6 at that point, and that is how we ended it. And another 7-for-7 seven seven on PAT's game for Wyatt Federlin. It's not too shabby. And if you're keeping track at home, that would be the third receiving touchdown for West Branch on the season. Two offense, one defense. <laughs> Does that work? I don't know if that goes officially in the stats, but good for Evan well, Two Striegel. defense. Say again? Two defense. Because Cash Woody had a pick six. Even better, we're tied at two and two, offense and defense. That's what I'm talking about. And the defense is ahead by two points when you add in that safety. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yet again, Stephen, another wonderful uh, defensive perform- performance uh, put forward by Coach Bailey uh, and that that squad of 11, 12, 13 guys. Uh, it's, you, you'd think at some point the party comes to a crashing halt, but they've started through four games. You can pretty, you've got, you've developed a few things. So, uh, it's kind of nice to see them continue to not stay off the gas against a team that, let's just be honest, was certainly not uh, as good as your team on that night. They stayed on the gas, and they did what they needed to do. Yeah, I mean, not much to add to that just because that defense has been playing their assignments. They've been super aggressive. They've been doing a phenomenal job for 95% of the year. You know, a couple of misplays here or there that, you know, gave up some scores against Columbus. But, I mean, they've just been lights out. I do want to say, I mean, I don't know that many people in Let's listen to us, but, I mean, a tip of a cap to them, just knowing they were outmatched, but they were still playing hard. I mean, we got there, I was looking at my notes, and I'm like, who's number 54? Who's number 55? And then I realized their numbers were on their helmet. That was their two leading rushers coming into the game. Their top two yardage gainers on the ground had to move to offensive line because of injuries. And they still came out and, I mean, they were trying hard. They were giving full effort. And so, I mean, it's one of those that, like we said, the Bears were focused. We took care of business. But you got to tip your cap to L&M because they were coming out and they were trying their hardest as well. And, I mean, it didn't go their way, but, I mean, it's one of those that, unfortunately, especially in a smaller school, you don't have the depth. Sometimes you got to make some of those changes and find ways to go. And it's an announcer's nightmare because then you're trying to figure out who's not listed on the program. But you got to do what's best for the team. So, yeah, I, I I could concur. It is kind of an announcer's nightmare. I had no idea who number twenty-eight was all night. I was just saying number twenty-eight. Twenty-three at the end. That was actually their one running back. If you saw his helmet, it was 44, Nowak. He was started at line. He must not have brought his 44, so they had 23, so they put that on him. And so he was carrying the ball later in the game. One thing that I'm, like, extremely happy with, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, kind of sucks that, you know, after four or five minutes into the game, it's practically over, um, you know, from a, a results perspective. But I think what was really cool is just the amount of fresh off like you know varsity reserves but also fresh off guys that got into play um that was just 
like invaluable experience for them to get into that game under the big lights Friday night at home you know veterans appreciation all that kind of stuff going on a lot of people there um, get in under those lights and play um, because you know they've been playing Thursday nights Monday nights whatever it is to get out there on a Friday night under the lights something that they're going to be doing in a year or two or three uh, full time is no just invaluable experience for them and you know Connor Rios getting in there freshman quarterback uh, second quarter played the entire second and majority of the third and fourth quarter or all of the fourth but majority of the third too uh, I mean that's that's like I said I keep saying this word but invaluable to his development especially as a freshman quarterback and I think that's just incredible experience for him and everyone else involved to to get out there and and, and get those minutes um, and, uh, you know, make some things happen too. I mean, that throw from Connor to, to Trenton Schutte, heck of a throw, heck of a catch. Trenton Schutte had a really good game too. Good tackles, you know, got himself open on, on pass plays, good blocking. Um, so so good for him to, to show out uh, Friday night. Yes, a couple nice runs by Aaron Marsh, a nine-yard run, an 11-yard run. Uh, nice runs between the tackle, between the tackle, Stephen, by – by a freshman, uh, a fre- little freshman running back. Jared Ellison. Uh, Jared Ellison. Nice tackle from coming up off his safety spot by Braden Sexton. Uh, Shea Farmer gave a, had a couple good tackling efforts coming up the line of scrimmage and, and getting his helmet right there in position. So And then their classmate, Max Lodge, who's been seeing a lot of time uh, on the offensive line, the varsity level, was in there towards the end at on the defensive tackle and made a tackle for less. I had a quarterback sack. And I tell you what, I think a guy that everybody's going to fall in love with if he sticks with it, Adam Gomez. That kid is just a spark plug. And being at practice, you know, he may not understand some of the perfect technique and some of those things, and that's going to come. I mean, the coaches will work with him on that. But that kid is just high energy, and that just that oozes out to the rest of the team. And, I mean, everybody just feeds off of that. So whether he's out there on a kickoff coverage or if he's in there, you know, playing defensive tackle, you know, the last two weeks he's done a couple of fun things where it's nice to see him do some good things out on that field too. I think we can see why Coach Basivio and the Fresh Soft Squad are, are 3-0. Yeah. Hopefully 4-0 in their next game as we record this Sunday evening on Monday night against the Solon freshman team who last year brought about 75 guys in their freshman class. Yeah. This year it sounds like they've got 18 or 20, but that's still a pretty big squad. So so Bear Varsity team, 3-1, and 1-0 one, one and oh in District 5 play. And speaking of District 5, Matt, how about some other scores around the district? Sure. Yeah, so as we just talked about, West Branch defeated L&M 51-6. Wilton uh, took on Durant, and Wilton won that one 24-22. Um, did I hear somebody say right that that was a comeback win? It was twenty-four to eight in the fourth quarter. Twenty-two to eight, or twenty-two to eight. Excuse me. Yeah, twenty-two to eight in the fourth quarter, and um, Durant fumbled, and Wilton got it at the five, scored a touchdown, got the two-point conversion, and then they got another touchdown drive with like about a minute left, and got the two-point conversion to go ahead, twenty-four twenty-two. And just in case anybody from Wilton is listening, I just want to send a. Uh... Send some good well wishes out to uh, tight end athlete, six foot six, Caden Kirkman, 
one of their big playmakers, a fantastic basketball player. After the game, a uh, young man uh, will, will just say that he was he felt fell ill. He passed out. Turns out he had got a uh, suffered an injury during the game, and hopefully it's not going to hold him back from playing anymore. But uh, let's just hope you know he had to go to the hospital after the game. Was celebrating with his teammates and just felt something. So best wishes to him on it. You know, getting back to recovery more more important than playing football. Mm-hmm. And then Minneapolis, uh, Regina, Minneapolis, a team we're about to, to talk about here pretty soon. Regina won that one 34 to nothing in what I would probably call a statement win mm-hmm. uh, for the Regals. So what we're looking at now in District 5, um, all of those games kind of now start to mean something. Uh, Regina, West Branch, and Wilton sit atop of District 5 at 1-0 and in the district. And then Durant, L&M, and Minneapolis sit at 0-1. Regina and Wilton are at 4-0, West Branch at 3-1. Durant, L&M at 0-4, and, and Minneapolis at 3-1. And, and you do, and looking forward, and I think Stephen or Matt and you both will, will see this, Durant's probably going to be the toughest 0-4 team in Class 1A right now. Yeah. I mean, a week ago, they had, they lose by two touchdowns to Northeast Goose Lake and put up near 500 yards of offense. Friday, as we've chronicled, they were ahead 22-8. to eight. Their running back has 180 yards rushing. They just couldn't. In fact, he had a 65-yard run on the first carry of the football game. They just couldn't close it against a, in a big rivalry game as those schools are only about uh, 20 steps apart on going down Highway 6, and it's just a great rivalry game in Eastern Iowa, Wilton and Durant that we rarely hear about it, but it's a great rivalry. And those two school, <laughs> most of those kids are dating kids from the other school, going to dances with kids from the other school. So they're just that close. Well, at, at 0-4, they're still, I mean, West Branch has the murderer's row of schedules coming up. You got at that Nico, right. against Durant, at Regina, home against Wilton. I mean, this is the time to go. Main Street Suites is your hometown sandwich and ice cream shop. Located in the heart of downtown West Branch, between the Serving Cafe and Touched by Power, Main Street Suites offers great burgers, tenderloins, cheese balls, and more. And don't forget the ice cream. Main Street Suites, locally owned and operated by my wife Jessica and me, where we're always proud to support our hometown. Week five. We're Willie Nelson. We're on the road again. And as we've talked in the first four or five weeks of our podcast, there is a consistency in the schedule. It's away, home, away, home. So what are we next week, Matt? Let's uh, carry to six. Away. Away. At Mediapolis, a place that West Branch has never played before. Turf field, so the conditions will be nice on the field. A very wonderful atmosphere, nice stadium. Uh, two different press boxes, Matt and Stephen, which I'm sure you'll love that. There's one on the home side and one for the visitors. But the rubric this week is, let's see, let's let's measure up, see if the Bears, where they stack up against another quality opponent after the last two weeks, let's just say it, playing teams that they should have beat, and they did beat. So this week is Minneapolis. There's a, going to be a little, what's that called in the air? Starts with an R. It's best a dish best served cold. Revenge possibly Revenge. in the air, but you can't think of last year. You got to keep your steps going forward this year. 
Stephen, I'll kick it to you first. Mediapolis, man. Always strong. One of the more winning, most winning team, winningest teams in Southeast Iowa through the last 15 or 20 years. They have a good program and they have a very solid running back. Yeah. Well, and just looking at it, I mean, I've been starting to do some of my research and getting my stats and lineups and everything, you know, we're looking through. And I mean, when you just look at this on paper, the measurables, like, okay, they're not that big. They're not that tall. It's just like, okay, you know, whatever. But then you watch them play and you can just see they're aggressive, they're athletic, they're well coached. And I mean, they don't do anything flashy. It's not going to be some, you know, oop de oop type thing. It's, you know what it is. They are a run-oriented team, and when you have a running back like Anthony Isley, of course, but they just execute, and they are physical, they're aggressive, they're athletic, and you know, if anybody were to just look at a piece of paper that has the roster, and oh, well, you know, the biggest guy in their offensive line is 215 pounds. I don't care. He, they, All five of them know how to block, so it's going to be a very good challenge for us this Friday. I've got one word and it's defense. And I mean it from two different perspectives. Uh, The first uh, being running back number six, uh, Stephen mentioned Anthony Isley. As we talked, uh, you know, before that playoff game last October, Isley is the key to this team's success. 700 yards through the first four games of the season, over 12 yards of carry, eight touchdowns. You know, he's the one that the Bears need to focus on and, uh, you know, to, to put it lightly, I mean, make quarterback Ben Egan throw the ball. Uh, this past Friday in their game against Regina, the Regals held Isley to just over 100 yards. And, you know, 100 yards, typically that's, you know, a really good game, really good performance. Um, but that's actually a really great job by the Regals uh, uh, to, you know, for reducing his impact and making the Bulldogs try and find another way to win, which, you know, they didn't as they threw two interceptions and scored zero points. Um, the second perspective for that word defense, um, here is Mipo's defense heading into their game this past, you know, prior to the, their game this past Friday against Regina, the Bulldogs allowed under 10 points per game. And the only reason that that was kind of inflated is because 22 was to a high flying Wapolo squad who have thrown for nearly a thousand yards and rushed for over uh, 600 this season. Um, and now the, yeah, they gave up 34 to Regina, but uh, I mean, the the Regals are darn good and probably, again, our front runner for the Class 1A title. Uh, but one one guy that I'm going to be paying attention to um, with Mipo is Junior Levi Arnold. Uh, a defensive tackle, you know, he's only 6'1", and as Steven mentioned, you know, kind of the whole team is somewhat light as far as weight goes. Um, only 170 pounds, but, you know, if you watch the film, he's an interior defensive lineman at 170 pounds. But he plays a lot bigger than, you know, what his height and weight are on paper and just creates a lot of pressure. And, you know, he's the team's uh, third leading tackler, gets several tackles for loss per game and has a sack on the season. So, um, you know, I think what I'm most intrigued by is of seeing if this West Branch offense can continue to improve and continue to gain confidence. There's that word again, but I mean, it's it's what what this team has been growing and, and I think it's a good test to see where they're at. It's a, I think Jason, you kind of alluded to it earlier is I think this is kind of the good measuring stick that we've got here uh, halfway into the season. And as we start this, as I said, murderers row of the last four games of the season of the regular season. Um, but, you know, after watching what 
um, a combination of Gentry Dumont, who got first hurt on the first drive, and what Jack Tierney, the Regina quarterbacks, did uh, with their legs specifically. I think there's going to be an opportunity here for Carver to use his legs uh, to move the ball down the field, and I just think that duo of, of Carver Belk and Andy Henson have an opportunity here, but it's not going to be easy. I'll say that. They have put up 1,437 total yards. That's nearly, that's just over 300, about 360 yards per contest. So, and let's be honest, as you've said, as you can see statistically, they're not going to shy away. They're not going to hide. They are going to try and establish the running game, period. And if they can do that, if any team can do that, obviously they're going to be successful. But for the, if they do that, they're going to be very successful. And final number here, see if you guys go back to Matt's fun, you know, crystal ball of, of Powerball majesty earlier in the program. And then Stephen had some numbers. And here we go. I'm going to give you some two more numbers, 10 and 21. 21 is the attempts. 10 is the amount of what? Touchbacks, Drew Miller. Touch. There you go. That is correct. Drew Miller. Talked about him before the season when we mentioned this team. He is... He's a weapon. Arguably the best kicker in the state of Iowa. And he's only a sophomore. What? How How far did you see him kick one from last year in the pregame, Stephen? Um, it was like 63, 65, something like that. And that was on a cold night at... I mean, it's not like it was warm and anything. I mean, it... Now, that was also, he had it teed up, no rush, no snap timing. I mean, in a game situation, it's a lot different. But, yeah, the leg strength is there, and that was him as a freshman, and he's only going to get stronger. And he's gotten taller, and he's gotten bigger. So this kid, is he's a weapon. He, he, I don't, it, it could be windy, and he's still a weapon. But if the Bears have any aspirations, you know, want to continue building upon the the confidence and momentum they have over the last two weeks, to do so on the road in Minneapolis against a formerly ranked opponent before this week. Maybe they still will be. Maybe they will be. Maybe they won't. But a very formidable opponent and at their home stadium. This would be nice to see. To see a win against Minneapolis. But it is going to be difficult. Very, 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 very difficult. I think that was eight fairies. <laughs> if you're counting. Throw one, throw one more in there. Choose a realtor who knows the territory. Ken and Helen Fawcett of Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants are licensed agents with customer satisfaction as their number one priority. If you're buying or selling a home or property in West Branch or the surrounding area, they can help. Your hometown real estate company with an office in downtown West Branch. Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants. Call them at 643-3344 or Log on to cshomesiowa.com. Picks to click. It's picks to click time. We did not, I did not have anybody send anything to me. Did you, Matt? No. Steven? Negatory, Randio. Which, which is a segue to what's going to be picks to click. As we look at it, I, as I look at our table of contents, it looks like Jason is going first. Hey, I'm Jason. That's me. Hey, Jason, you're first this week, but. Before we get to this week, let's review last week. How about that? Steven, Steven, you had Logan Wright. Jason, you had Drake Barry. Doggone right, I uh, did. 
Yeah, he's continuing to be a pretty good plug-in at at center there. So, um, yeah, always uh, always if you have good snaps, you know every every snap of every game, you yeah, that's always worthy of a pick to click. He's arguably in in it because he set up that Carver Bell touchdown with that snap that Carver had to go back and get, you know, and he had to run around and for forty one yards. That was all set up by Drake Barry's perfect snap that went through his well, hands. Well, and apparently, so uh, Greg Norfley was down in the the south end zone there. Uh, first quarter, one of the times that we had him backed up, and there was that play to where Drake Barry ended up with the ball in the end zone, um, and the refs ruled the ball down uh, outside of the end zone. Uh, but Greg Norfley told me after the game that he's got a photo of the ball loose, Drake Barry having it, the runner was not down. Uh, that was photographic evidence of Drake Barry should have had a touchdown there, and he said that that'll be in the West Branch Times uh, on Newsstands Wednesdays. Nice. The only thing I would say to that is I know it was kind of a run up the middle, so maybe they were saying forward progress had stopped. That would be the only thing that... But, I mean... Being that it's the center and number 77, I mean, those are the coolest guys on the team. So I say Drake deserved a touchdown. So he got the short end of the stick. So does that mean Drake was the click to pick? Pick to click? True. Matt, what do you got? I had Wyatt Federman. Son of a... (laughs) Hey, you're going to have to pick Wyatt again this week. And if he goes for seven to. for seven again, you're <laughs> going to ride that horse a long way. I have to. Yeah, you got to ride that it's, horse. Yeah, seven for seven PATs, a rushing touchdown. And uh, Jason, I know you're first, but I'm taking Wyatt Fairland. You can have Wyatt Fairland then. So just to review, we only had one person write in last week, and they didn't write in this week. So that means, and they took Andy Henson, and that would be one time. Which is a segue to my choice this week. I'm going to take him one time. Carver Belk is actually my one-timer this week. No, I'll leave Andy Henson for later in the season. Carver Belk, one time. Carver was going to was was my one A. Well, you only get Behind one, Wyatt. and it's Wyatt. I know. You keep writing. It's like Tin Cup, right? Or tell she Buckshire. Don't write it all. Here right. we go. Steven. I'm trying to decide which way I want to go with this. And I think I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to throw Peyton Miller in there. I think Meepo's got one of those defenses that's really going to key on Andy Henson. And so I think might open some things up for Peyton. That's my deep insight on my thoughts, because that's about all there is in my brain. (laughs) I think we've got a good combo here. Carver Bell, Wyatt Federlin, Paid Miller. If all three of those have pick-to-click worthy games, I think Bears are going to win. But it's not going to be easy, as we talked about. Yes, I would say that if they all played well, the Bears probably have done well on the scoreboard. So that that is all for the picks-to-click. And Mediapolis is going to be a solid, solid football team. And if you want to listen to that game and you can't make it to the game and you just want to keep up on all things West Branch football, Stephen, what can they do? There are multiple ways. And uh, you've got the Twitter, and you can go to at 
WB Bears Football. You can go to Instagram at WB Bears Football. Of course, Facebook, you just search for West Branch Football and you can find the page there. Of course, when you get to these, you can click like or follow or subscribe or whatever it is for each one so that you can get notifications and get updates. You don't have to search for it every time. It makes it pretty easy to do that. Um, you can also go to our YouTube channel and search for West Branch Football. Subscribe there. And as Matt mentioned uh, last week, going to start having the full games be posted to our YouTube channel. So if you want to go back and watch the game, uh, it won't have all of the huddles and downtime. It'll be what we've got cut well, up. Unless, unless we film those. Unless we film those, yeah. By accident. Yeah, which doesn't happen very often because we've got the best camera crew in the state of Iowa. But <laughs> there, you can go watch those. And Matt, you said uh, you've got plans to maybe go back and see if we can find some of the older games and start mixing in some classics up there for folks to view as well. Yeah, I mean it's gonna it's gonna take a bit, but we've got um let's see. Uh I think I've got f- currently at my disposal full games back to 20 2013 I want to say. Uh, maybe 2012 in there too. Um but uh but yeah, uh and hopefully we can, you know, kind of get our hands on some of the the older games too that are on dvd or vhs what if um, i told you we could well i know we can it's just a matter of uh tracking those down i'm sure they're somewhere in coach peterson's office wouldn't you assume what if i told you i know myself <laughs> and coach hirschman have pretty much every game because richie stout and in his infinite wisdom many years ago burned vhs tapes over burned them on to dvds from 89 90 91 92 and if i recall even a game from the 1983 football season holy toledo holy toledo (laughs) which would have been coach butch peterson's first year of coaching and at quarterback that year marvin cook who's that yeah who um a lot of those games you know we'll have this season matt will get those uploaded but there's a lot that goes on during the week, so this might be one of those off-season things that the three of us kind of put our heads together and divvy it up and find out how to get some more of those lined yeah, up and ready to go. So Buried under three foot of snow or I'm off on my honeymoon in some warm tropical place. Yeah. We'll find, we'll find sometimes, sometimes. Would you be able to take the computer and upload some stuff on your honeymoon? Or are you going to actually leave uh, the technology at home and I mean, enjoy yourself? theoretically possible um <laughs> well i know it's but, theoretically uh, possible you know darn well he's not just going to take a full break from technology that's just not in his <laughs> dna i mean you know as i'm getting old here i'm i'm kind of looking off into the horizon and saying you know what <laughs> good week break without any of that i think would be pretty nice refreshing that's for sure well, the the big question before we close things up, though, within that week break, we got to start thinking about this. Will the Bearcast Mobile go to the go to a game that Friday without you, if the Bears are playing? 
the the Bearcast Mobile. Well, the 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 title of Bearcast Mobile will probably be transferred. Good sweet talk, my wife. We've got a gray minivan that we could use too. <laughs> so <laughs> we digress because, of course, if you like all of this banter, first go get yourself checked because <laughs> who likes to listen to this stuff for this long? Second off. Go follow us at your favorite podcast player, Spotify, Apple, whatever other ones are out there. Uh, just search for Talking Bear Football. Tell your friends, tell your family members, listen to like the first 10 minutes where we are good at stuff before we start just rambling about other things, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, click it, like it, follow it, everything else. Did I get them all? Because we really got pulled off into the e- weeds four different e- times. Yeah, so. re- really, I think, Stephen, we can considerably shorten up this segment and just say... Social media, whatever you're on, just search for West Branch football and you'll you'll find it. Um, other than TikTok or or Snapchat, we're not or on Tinder. Snapchat or TikTok or Bumble uh, or Tinder apps. or Bumble or Grindr I would swipe or, right on the Bears football team though. Ooh, Lo- I love them. Love awesome. them. This is this is a G-rated show, Jason. <laughs> it is. Take care of yourself right there. Yeah. <laughs> Giving we are no longer pigskin discussions. Let's make sure and end this. To let you know, we were at one point on the Talking Bear Football podcast. Right here at westbranch.football. Presented by the Browns West Branch family of dealers. Take care, everyone.